0: You're listening to Matrimony. I'm Kelsey,
1: and I'm Chris. This show is about our marriage
0: and our money. Hey, husband. Yep. On this episode, we're answering a listener question (laughs) about teaching kids about money. We're celebrating the impending summer despite the heat and checking in on our money lately. So in life lately, first, I have to, we need to talk about something. Oh, okay. (laughs) Last night, we went to the farmer's market.
1: Oh, gosh.
0: And we brought home two desserts. From Mm -hmm. our favorite farmer's market. Now, Mm -hmm. there was a... And on the way home, I was eating part of a cookie. And I offered you some. And you took like maybe a bite. Mm -hmm. And I ate half the cookie on the way home. About not even half. Mm -hmm. I put it in the refrigerator with the coveted peanut butter chocolate, chocolate peanut butter cup. I put those both in the refrigerator. Mm -hmm. And my... My... um. Assumption was that we would be splitting those because I did not say what dessert I wanted you to get me. Mm -hmm. And you did not say, like, oh, this is mine. I got you this. Mm -hmm. So I assumed that we'd each get half. (laughs) I returned home from book club and was looking forward to enjoying my half of the chocolate (laughs) peanut butter cup. I opened the fridge, Mm -hmm. nowhere to be
1: found. (laughs) (laughs) You've made so many points uh, that undermine your own argument. Shall I go through them all?
0: <laughs> fine.
1: <laughs> First, <laughs> I actually didn't even recall that when we were driving home, you were eating your cookie, which probably put in my mind that you were eating your dessert. Therefore, mine was the one that we were bringing home. But we
0: always share.
1: We don't always share.
0: We should always share. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, that's fine. And we can talk about that. But I am utterly predictable. I want the most the richest the the most chocolatey thing that there possibly is which is exactly what i bought for myself but i didn't specify
0: yeah you didn't specify i feel like clearly out of all the desserts they have the chocolate peanut butter is the most amazing it's the most expensive it's the most decadent
1: but you clearly
0: we would share that
1: no not clearly sometimes you like really decadent desserts sometimes you like really simple desserts sometimes you don't want any desserts at all so you I don't have any pattern i always want
0: a chocolate peanut butter cup
1: well Anyway, so you're eating your cookie on the way home, which I was driving. I couldn't tell if you ate part of it or all of it or whatever. So I had had no idea that any was left, number one. Number two, nothing was specified as to whose was what. (laughs) And so there were no ground rules laid. Um, And number three, I really like chocolatey stuff. So it was likely that I was going to eat that thing if you wanted some then, and you you know, I always say I'll buy, but I won't share, which never holds up. But you know, if that's my attitude going in, you should be prepared (laughs) for me not to share. So anyway, there were, there was, there was no implication, no suggestion that I should hold off on half of that. And as a result, it's all in my belly.
0: I am disappointed that you did not (laughs) think that I would want some (laughs) and save some for me.
1: Well, that will be a rift that we'll have to overcome at some my point.
0: thing is if there is a dessert it should be shared i am you should assume that you should leave part half for me
1: i am deeply opposed to that idea <laughs>
0: <laughs> then then you need to start buying a second one
1: uh, th- well okay so from now on when we go back to that farmer's market i will buy two peanut butter cups fine fine <laughs> <laughs>
0: And I'd be curious, um, do our listeners also face this? I actually brought it up today at a work meeting. <laughs> Everyone agreed with me.
1: It's great because they all know who I am because <laughs> I work in the same workplace as I, you.
0: I suggested that we get you on conference call and we all call you. <laughs> <laughs> it was all a group of women, by the way. Um, well, that's
1: fine. I would happily have defended myself.
0: I think that there's a thing, too, um, that I am... Uh, This is like in Gretchen Rubin's framework, but I'm a moderator. Like I could get a box of cookies and I could eat one or two per day just until it runs out. Whereas mm-hmm. you want to eat them all at once. Mm-hmm. And this has caused problems before. And so now we do things where like we buy separate boxes of cookies or we have established like this is your half and this is my half. Mm-hmm. And so I think I feel like that's part of it, too. Like mm-hmm. I would be more likely to save half for you just because I'm a more generous person anyway. But if you're
1: trying to make me feel guilty, I feel none. <laughs> but if we if if we come home and you say, please preserve half of that dessert for me, then I will do it. Okay. I have no problem doing that. Here
0: is a blanket statement for the rest of our relationship. Please mm. preserve half of that dessert for nope. me.
1: That does not hold. That does not hold. If it's chocolate, all bets are off. You have to I tell like me. I that's
0: so mean.
1: <laughs> Why? It really
0: does seem mean.
1: You had an entire dessert to yourself. Did you not?
0: But I didn't eat it because I thought we were sharing them. So there was half of it in the refrigerator.
1: Well, I didn't want that half. We had two desserts. You had an entire dessert. I had an entire dessert. I say everything is fair.
0: <laughs> this is a rift in our marriage. Let's move on. Okay. And especially because my first point was that summer and sabbatical is good for our marriage. I think maybe I take that back <laughs> seriously. If summer we're gonna be sabbatical getting, are if, ruined. If we're gonna be getting more desserts, it's gonna be bad for our marriage.
1: <laughs> well, we have very few desserts around most of the time, so yeah. it's okay. We'll get over it.
0: Okay. So how is summer and sabbatical gonna be good for our marriage and our life?
1: Well, I just made a kick-ass dinner. That's true. I was home all day, and the house is spick and and span. Spick and span. (laughs) Everything is clean. The way I do things, I love to have everything clean and out of the way, even as I cook. Mm -hmm. And so uh, dinner was made. Dishes were washed. Kids come home. There was no dessert made, I will point out. Oh, It's because I was still digesting my delicious dessert from last night, I guess. (laughs) Anyway... So, yeah. So everything management-wise will be so much easier because Mm -hmm. I'll be home more often. Not every day, but more often. So that's going to be amazing.
0: Yes. And I work from home on Fridays and you'll be home. Mm -hmm. So that's nice. Mm -hmm. Get a little bit of extra time to see each other, even if we're working. But it's just, I don't know, just nice to get that time to see you and like have a conversation. We can have lunch together.
1: Yeah. Uh, Everything will be so much easier and so much nicer. So. It hasn't officially 100% started yeah. yet. I've got a thing i got to do next week. You still have There's a. There's graduation few, tomorrow. Still
0: a few commitments, but we're so close. Yeah, yeah. So right close. Um, oh, I kind of wanted to talk about like goals for the summer and summer schedule. Mm, like, sure. kind of, you kind of have been coming up with for yourself kind of a sabbatical schedule to give yeah. yourself structure since um, you're not going to have as much structure coming from your work. It's all. You can determine what your schedule is, and so I thought it was very smart of you to put a lot of thought into how you wanted to structure your time, so that you can really maximize it and take advantage of it.
1: Yeah, read all these things. There were there just countless reports online, and actually faculty that I've talked to who just their their sabbatical experience is nothing like they wanted. Mm. It was either too stressful and they didn't get enough done, or it was too laid back and they didn't get enough done. Mm And so I created a whole set of rules and actually have a daily schedule like each day is allocated to mm-hmm. a set of things to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, so I actually have my my schedule all pretty well set to
0: yeah. go. I'm so proud of you. And I feel like that's not you're not I don't know. You're so enigmatic. Some, sometimes you're not you're not as much of a planner. And so I was mm-hmm. surprised that you put so much thought into that. But I'm so glad because I feel like it will be really helpful and help you to feel like you're really taking advantage of this time and just to to feel really satisfied in how you're spending your time and what you're getting done. But then you're working in, it's like a great blend of like work, but seeing your family and, you know, mm-hmm. just getting to kind of relax and do just, I mean, household stuff, but not, but but like in a way that is satisfying, like kind of keeping the house tidy and stuff. I mean... You mm-hmm. also enjoy that, not like you yeah. are taking yeah. on more responsibilities around the house, but um, but you're happy about that, it seems like. <laughs> oh, yeah, totally. Yeah.
1: And uh, the the planning is actually aspirational. Like, I don't expect to 100% mm-hmm. adhere to it every day but, or yeah. every week. And I don't care because mm-hmm. I'm not a planner. I, I, that's mm-hmm. not how I operate. I, I work from whim to whim, and that's how I'm most effective. Mm-hmm. Like when I get deeply into something, I knock it out and it's great right. or good enough. <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> But at least the, the overall structure will have me not be listless so that I can yeah. actually go to something and say, okay, I'm not feeling particularly motivated. Here's what I'm supposed to do today. Mm-hmm. Let me engage in one of those things and yeah. that'll help.
0: Okay. So what about for the summer? Do we have any like goals? We haven't had a chance to talk about this. We can talk about it right now. Like goals are kind of, I don't know, fun things we might do
1: or. So in what realm? Like professionally, us, our family?
0: Maybe just kind of us, our family, not as much professional.
1: Oh, well, for our family.
0: I kind of, I, I have good, I don't know why this happens. I guess just because you end up being more available and flexible in the summer I feel like we usually take on an organizing or minimizing project in the summer oh yeah we'll totally do a minima yeah and I have good I just sort of have like these fond memories of post bedtime hours you know like decluttering with you organizing the garage Mm -hmm. and I don't know it just it just feels nice like it's it's so hot in the summer but when the sun goes down it's still hot but just the sun is not you know Baking you. Exactly. And so we can like work in the garage and stuff. And so anyway, yeah, we were talking about maybe like tidying up the office a little bit or just, you know, now we're just kind of in this pattern where if we go too long before combing through things, mm-hmm. we just start to feel kind of, <laughs> yeah. I don't know, antsy, like, okay, we need to make another run to Goodwill. So we're kind of feeling like that's coming up for us soon.
1: Yeah. So we call them the minima and we did minima one, the first major decluttering. hmm So this
0: is going through all of our stuff, you know, sorting out what we wanted to keep tons of it going to Goodwill, mm-hmm. just like dealing with all of our stuff. And when we finally had achieved that and gone through literally every room, every drawer, every closet in the house, every including item. our garage, yeah. we called it achieving the minima.
1: <laughs> right. And ha- has it has it become an annual thing? So did we Maybe. do minima one two years ago and minima two last year?
0: Maybe about. I thought that minima two was around the time when I was on maternity leave for Cedric. So that might've been more like six months apart. I'm not yeah. sure, but okay. so... Okay, so, so yeah, yeah, so we're due for minima 3. Yeah. So I that'll think so. definitely happen this summer. Yeah. Um anything else?
1: Um I'm working my deals at work to hopefully possibly still accomplish our savings goals. Oh. Right, so that if we What um, you mean
0: the 16,000, so or the 20,000? Maybe
1: even beyond that. I don't know. So we we Whoa. went we had a rash of massive spending on travel for mm-hmm. the past like month. We've bought all our tickets to all the things that we're doing. Mhm. And extra trips have come up and we've handled all that. Mm -hmm. So like the way I create our budget, I put all summer or all travel into an item for summer, like Mm -hmm. saving for summer just because we have to save a big chunk of money. And that's where I'm saving a big chunk of money anyway for summer. So it Mm -hmm. just goes into that pot. Mm -hmm. Um, But we bought all those tickets in advance. It's not yet summer. And so we have spent all that money. At the same time, I'm going to get paid more than I expected for summertime We talked about this last time. So it might be that I could actually throw a bunch more money into our Vanguard account to make up for the deficit from all the spending that we did um, because we have a little excess cash. So I'm hoping that maybe we can get a little, maybe not get to 20K for the year, but get a little bit closer than the 16 or so that we were thinking we'd get to.
0: You know what? You are jumping ahead into our money talk.
1: Oh, I guess I am. sorry.
0: There's one more thing we have to talk about. And that is we, it's like another marriage issue. (laughs) We are having a hard time agreeing on a house name and on a house quote. This is tough.
1: Yeah. I mean, hi-fi house and now is good.
0: So these are the things that are, that you've come up with that are your favorite. (laughs) I feel like I've come up with a lot of things like you're not meeting me in the middle at all. I've come, like everything that I've come up with, you're just veto, veto, veto. And then you decide on what you want. And now you're just like, no, this is the best.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, I guess that's true. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Everything's felt kind of a little too feminine or a little too poetic, which mm-hmm. then feels too feminine. I don't mm-hmm. know. Uh, none of the other things really felt like uh, me or us, mm-hmm. if it's to be a combination.
0: I see. And so you've decided that this is what feels like us.
1: <laughs> well because you you said you didn't you weren't opposed to those
0: i see i mean yeah so explain hi-fi house we haven't talked about that on the podcast yet oh so I don't think.
1: high fidelity um the whole idea was like we have actually it's all i thought you like it too because it's kind of rooted in your one of your blog posts because you wrote about what our ideal life is mm-hmm. a long time ago and that's one of the posts on your blog and um we aspire to that set of ideals and actually we're pretty close to it. And Mm -hmm. high fidelity in the musical world is, you know, approaching accuracy in, in a reflection of the sound that was recorded. Right. And so our life represents high fidelity to our ideal life, Mm -hmm. I think. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so I put that on our letter board one day, high fidelity Mm -hmm. um, to this high ideal that we have. And uh, that's where hi-fi house came from. Mm -hmm. So that's all.
0: And what about now is good?
1: Uh, I was at, where was I? A talk? Oh, I, yeah. Well, I was at a meeting at work, and we had a guy there who is was actually the former CEO of Petco. Hmm. <laughs> and he was talking about uh, this uh, entrepreneurship amongst faculty. And he quoted a Republican, someone or other, s- senator or something, and, and uh, he was saying, you know, Everybody should be getting engaged in entrepreneurship and, and advancing good ideas. And he said, you know, this Republican senator said something like, you know, if you've got an idea that could make the world a better place, now's good. Mm-hmm. Which is so, I thought, so cool because it's just so spot on and mm-hmm. it's so, you know, and that's how I feel about everything. I'm anxious about trying to, you know, about all the bad things in the world and trying to fix mm-hmm. them. And so... Now is good. So I also put that on our letter board. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And anyway, you weren't opposed to it, but then you said maybe now is good or the time is now. And I was, and that's where I tried to meet you in the middle. I said, the time is now is, time is now is okay. Right. Okay. Anyway, those were the ones I I was thinking about. I think maybe now is the time. Now is the time. Yeah. That'd be good.
0: Okay. All right. Maybe. Yeah. You, your concession was, um, I'll, if I'll decide the quote, Kelsey, you can pick the font.
1: (laughs) That was just an opening to the negotiations. (laughs)
0: Nice try. You (laughs) you think I'm a third grader? (laughs) Um, Okay, so let's move on to talking about our money. You kind of already opened up the discussion. And so, okay, so, so tell me this. So in terms of being able to put more into our savings, you said, so we decided our annual goal for like our annual... Big pot of savings that we're going to try to achieve this year was sixteen thousand dollars. I think that's what we said yeah. into our Vanguard account. Yeah, um, our Vanguard total market stock
1: yes account. Something like that. <laughs> Is that about it? Yeah.
0: Just for any new listeners, I don't want to just throw around our Vanguard account. I wanted to
1: the total stock market index fund. That's V T S A X.
0: Okay. Um, so anyway, so we wanted to achieve sixteen thousand. So are you saying that we might be able to get more than that or or just or just stick to that goal, like we're looking good for our goal? Because we're about halfway through the year.
1: Yeah. So the budget uh for a variety of things that I'm doing for work in the summertime is yet to be approved. But if it gets approved and it's looking good, then I think we'll make a few thousand extra and Mm. so that few thousand extra could offset the big spending that we had to do for travel this year which Mm -hmm. is very different than other years we don't usually travel as much as as what is coming up um so i think i'm not going to be so ambitious as to say that we could get to 20k Mm -hmm. i'm not ruling it out though Mm. so it all it all sort of depends interesting but um once the budgets are approved i I think we could get to maybe like 18 that's exciting
0: okay so where are we sitting at almost halfway through the year right now
1: $7,400 so we've
0: saved $7,400 this year
1: yeah awesome yeah it's really good that's really great yeah so we got a we although we were trying to minimize our return our tax return mm-hmm. by having less taxes withheld each month out of our paychecks I did that halfway through last year so we still had half a year that was like the higher withholding amount so mm-hmm. we got a hefty tax return we applied that to our savings so that was a big bump. And so we've had a couple of these past couple of months, we've saved less than we normally try to, which is about $1,500 a month. And like last month we saved 800 or something. And mm-hmm. this month, like a thousand or two months ago, 800, the uh, month ago, a thousand, something like that. Okay. Anyway, so we are starting to fall short. Um, and, but yeah, but maybe the summer can help us catch up. Okay. So I'm excited.
0: Awesome. So this kind of uh, feeds into something. Maybe we've talked about it a little bit, before, But this concept of saving so much that it nearly hurts or saving so much mm-hmm. that it hurts. And this is something that I'll kind of go back and forth on because on the one hand, I think that if you're saving until it hurts or nearly hurts, you know, you're really having to evaluate even small expenses, mm-hmm. which I wouldn't say we're there. We're not evaluating really like expenses that are probably you know kind of within the realm of things that we need that are like less than $50 or something Yeah, i would yeah, say yeah. but anyway so i would say we're not we're not to where it hurts but but nearly hurts but anyway it seems like if you're at that level that's got to be about right mm-hmm. you know like you're really having to be conscious of of all your purchases mm-hmm. um and because you're you're getting by you know clearly it, you know you have what you need mm-hmm. but anything that you want you're really kind of having to evaluate it. And so on the one hand, I think that's good. It, it sets you up for a great savings rate. And, you know, in terms of living a simplified life, it kind of helps rein in extraneous purchases and things like that. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, it can feel frustrating when um, sometimes I'll, I'll see these things and I'll just think, oh, if I could buy that, it would just... Like it bothers me that I don't have it or I can't upgrade it. You know, I've been thinking about maybe a couple more um, items to add to my work wardrobe, or even just something like updating my underwear. Haven't bought new underwear in a while. Just gonna <laughs> put that out there <laughs> for everyone to know. Um, you know, but then I'll like, I'll like, oh, do I really need it? Um, mm-hmm. You know, kind of, yeah. kind of go go back and forth like that. So, huh. what do you, what do you think? Have, try- you, have you thought about that at all or?
1: No. Uh, and I'm trying to decide because I, I think, I wonder if we approach this differently because mm-hmm. I think when it comes to things like that, I would probably just go ahead and buy it without a second thought.
0: You like, are, you do have really nice underwear. You love your Mack Weldon underwear. And you, you know, se- oh, do you not anymore? I think,
1: be- okay. So the Mack Weldon underwear, I recommend for anybody with thin hips. So okay. most men. I I have womanly hips, and so it doesn't actually work as well for me. Actually, it's a little bit too, it's built for a narrower frame than me. Gotcha. And I realized that buying really cheap Hanes underwear, Mm -hmm. boxers, and then turning them inside out is much more comfortable. Because when you turn it inside out, the elastic bit that normally is kind of scratchy, is on the outside. And the covered fabric part is now on the inside.
0: Pro tip, guys.
1: Pro tip. So you can buy really cheap underwear, and it's super comfortable. So I wear all my boxers inside out. So I'm going to put that out there. Okay. Every single day I wear underwear inside out. (laughs) but so so like those things I think I would just buy because I just assume they're a necessity but although I haven't bought a piece of clothing in over a year now, yeah
0: you really set yourself up really well for your capsule wardrobe and thinned it out but you made sure you had your essentials and you've just been running on cruise control
1: yeah I and that's the thing like if it's an if I if I deem it a necessity I think I just would just go do it Hmm. but then I think everything else it becomes very Buddhist for me like i th- I feel like mm-hmm. I've had a cessation of the desire yeah that's right i Buddhist. mean
0: i i think I think for me uh not a total cessation, there are things like related to the house, like I still you know would love to buy more like thing little things like more framed artwork, more yeah. throw pillows but but it is for like cosifying our house, which is yeah. very important to me <laughs> and this is something too that I've thought about um I am of just a few things i'm a very details person Mm -hmm. i notice all the little details and i Mm -hmm. think you're bigger picture Mm -hmm. i'm also very affected by my environment i Mm -hmm. think i mean everyone is but i think i'm then like seeing all the details and those things can affect me Mm -hmm. and so i'm wanting to improve them or change them or if they're not quite right and i think maybe you don't see those things as much Mm -hmm. um but, but those aren't necessarily the types of purchases that I'm like agonizing over. So, so that's, that's interesting. Yeah. Like, like kind of wardrobe related related things because I don't think I'm an excessive spender on clothes and I do want to just buy things and then have those and then kind of be done with it. So,
1: yeah, I feel like, I feel like maybe on like outside of food and coffee purchases mm-hmm. which is where i think i, I waste money mm-hmm. um i used to buy clothes a lot yeah we both did yeah and then i used to buy music stuff a lot yeah like that you kind of my... always
0: had your next thing that you were wanting
1: yeah and i've and i've still had that and the past few summers i've had i've identified a thing yeah. that i wanted like a new guitar or something else i remember and i held off for whatever mm-hmm. usually for savings reasons and now I don't want to buy any clothes at all. Like I have no interest mm-hmm. in going into Banana Republic, which will mm-hmm. used to be like a beacon to us. Yeah. And we'd like go in and I'd try to find something on sale that I'd want to buy. Right. Now I don't even care. Um, and having foregone a bunch of musical stuff, I am kind of realizing I have what I need yeah. and that's gone. And so actually I was thinking about this. I don't think I buy outside of food, like snacks out and coffee, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff, which I need to you know, that's a mm-hmm. problem for me. <laughs> I don't think B- I buy material anything. Material
0: things. I don't, you do, should, I, I don't know. I can't, I guess I can't think of anything.
1: I can't recall stuff that I bought for myself, just like things. I don't think I do that anymore.
0: You bought a planner, which I think you were maybe reevaluating, but that was like definitely for sabbatical. A, a specific yeah. purpose to kind of like help keep track of your days. Cause right now yeah. you're not using a paper planner. Yeah. Uh, I think sometimes you've bought, um, I think what you're into more lately, but you still don't buy a ton for it, is biking. Oh, yeah. But that's like utilitarian. I mean, you really think about and then research a purchase if it's something that will, you know, make biking or biking around with the kids, you know, better, more efficient, whatever. Yeah. Um,
1: and yeah, I don't buy like like little knickknacks. Like I bought Dash a bike. Right. And I bought our family. I bought you a bike mm-hmm. and me a bike. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I bought a Burley to k- carry the kids around. Yeah. What uh, do I buy? I don't know. There are Amazon packages showing up all the time, (laughs) like every day. (laughs) But you know what?
0: I am the one, we've talked about this before. I'm the one who buys gifts for people. No,
1: totally. But see, and that's what makes it impossible. Like I have no idea. There's stuff coming to the house all the time. I have no idea what it's for. I just, every day it's like, there's a package (laughs) No, not every day. No, not every day. Not every day. Certainly weekly. There's a package weekly that comes in. Maybe
0: weekly. So nice. But it is like more recently, okay, I bought the, um, the new, lights that we're going to get on our house, our garage mm-hmm. lights that we wanted to update yeah. um, together with getting our house painted, um, the address numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, there were a few gifts that have arrived and they sometimes arrive in like separate packages. So, mm-hmm. so I mean, it's true, but it usually is like, you know, birthday gifts and stuff for people <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> arriving, but I know.
1: But, yeah, it's a, it's a constant stream from Amazon, but yeah, it covers... So mm-hmm. I don't know. I so I can't tell like what you What's buy for yourself. What's yeah. personal versus yeah. Yeah. for other I have people? No idea. <laughs> <laughs> we
0: should maybe keep track for like a month and see what we buy. Because because I feel like I end up spending all my entertainment money, and mm-hmm. um, maybe it does end up being on eating out and stuff. I have been having several more things come up lately, just kind of um, end of the year. Uh, happy hours and breakfasts and things like that and you know mm-hmm. that's fine that is what entertainment money is for yeah. um but yeah I, I'd be curious to see what like material things I really buy yeah um uh, and maybe, do it. maybe I won't feel bad about buying some more clothes
1: no you shouldn't i mean if okay. if you if you deem it a necessity okay. and and I, especially cuz i think The thing that I don't feel any guilt with those because it's like a one-time purchase, Mm -hmm. basically. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, you'll eventually replace clothes, but not for years, But I am
0: planning, yeah. I, I like, think a lot about it. I want to buy good quality. And then, like, I... And I really do that with my work clothes. Like, I've been wearing... I have a few work clothes um, that, like, are... I definitely remember buying right after I was going back to work with Dash. So that was, you know, three years. And Mm -hmm. then other pants and stuff that I've been wearing, like, since I started working in... Twenty ten, yeah, no, two thousand eight.
1: Whoa, whoa,
0: pretty good. Okay, um, oh, last thing, we are pre qualified for make purchasing an investment property, mm-hmm. which we mentioned last time. So, do you want to give some details about that, maybe?
1: Um, yeah, so we're pre qualified, and our price range, well, it's pretty wide mm-hmm. like 40s to 60 to like up to that's what we're looking 000.
0: for to buy an investment property yeah
1: yeah so we're pre-qualified right now up to about 144,000, um and it could go higher i think if we show that we have other funds because they want us to be able to put 20 down plus have a little stash of cash
0: yeah for purchasing an investment property so something that you're not going to live in they want to see you put 20 down
1: yeah yeah so our current vanguard account could cover a lot of that but not not all of it for mm-hmm. a higher you know higher cost property but anyway we haven't really seen anything we've engaged a couple of realtors we've walked a couple of neighborhoods yeah and nothing's coming
0: i mean it's you know we're we're looking around the downtown gilbert area so it's a pretty confined it's area it's a pretty confined small area we are certainly not the only ones who have our eye on it so we might be just too late to the game we're seeing yeah We've seen some things come up just in the past that would be within our price range. I mean, we might have missed the boat, but we just decided um, to get pre-qualified so that if we saw something come up that was potentially feasible in our price range, we could at least be in the running and you know, then at least be there, maybe make an offer and and have some time to like evaluate. Um, we kind of yeah. talked with my dad, who's a realtor, who said, you know what, it, it can't hurt to put in a bid, get a bid accepted, and then you can always back out before you get too far. So yeah. Um, yeah, we did have a budget meeting about it and kind of, we talked about this last time, but it's certainly something that we would not enter into, you know, without lots of careful thought and consideration of, you know, the Drawbacks.
1: It does kind of raise a question, though. Like, all of Gilbert is blowing up. Yeah. You know, property values are going up everywhere. Mm-hmm. So why do we really care about buying right near downtown Gilbert?
0: I guess that, that just seems like such a surefire, like a, such a sure investment because, mm-hmm. like, that that area is growing so much. You're so close to just the center of the action. And so just walkability to whoop, my mic, <laughs> the downtown core, mm-hmm. you know, I, I guess some of the other neighborhoods maybe would, I, I guess maybe wouldn't appreciate as steeply, I'm thinking, yeah, just yeah. not the return on investment, I would think, especially for these smaller houses where we could maybe buy for $100,000 mm-hmm. that I'm thinking in five, 10 years could be worth 300000 you yeah, know, yeah. just that steep return on investment. But, yeah. but, you know.
1: Yeah, I think, I think that's probably why we thought of it in the first place, because yeah. all those neighborhoods are, are much older, mm-hmm. much smaller, older, smaller homes. Yeah, yeah. Smaller. And a lot of them are not well, like they haven't been upgraded a ton. Right. So it's possible that, you know, the neighborhoods are just catching up to all the huge development that's right. happening downtown. But I guess confining our focus there could mean that we missed just a killer deal, you know, yeah, three miles away. Yeah.
0: Maybe we should open up the search radius a little I bit. I know. It's
1: something to think about.
0: Yeah. We're just kind of getting a feel for the getting a feel for the market, but I will yeah. say that um I mean I still and we talked about this last time, sorry, guys, <laughs> but I still am just so satisfied with our you know our savings plan, our goals to give ourselves mm-hmm. huge financial freedom flexibility in about three and a half years mm-hmm. um, to give me the opportunity to quit my job if I wanted. You know, you already have a very flexible schedule, don't have to work that much in the summer. That would be really cool for our family, especially yeah. as our boys were entering elementary school. So that is still, that's like still the dream. Yeah. Our know? primary
1: path is good. And so mm-hmm. we're not in any rush and feel no stress to do anything dramatic. So yeah, But cool.
0: I, I love just, you know, kind of investigating other options. Yeah. Even, yeah. It's kind of fun. Even if it does just end up making you realize that what you... Are most happy with is what you already have, which mm-hmm. is always nice. <laughs> okay, let's move on to a listener question. Oh. Oh.
1: I had some other things. <laughs>
0: oh my gosh. Okay, fine. <laughs> Take that back.
1: Okay. Um, a couple other things I wanted to bring up, actually, just because the, like other things we've been playing around with in terms of money. Oh, okay. So I randomly uh, applied for the public service loan forgiveness program. Oh, yeah. One of the two, I think, two or three major loan forgiveness or repayment programs that exist at the federal level. Mm -hmm. And because I'm a professor at a public university and have been for almost 10 years, I'm at nine years now, um, I could possibly qualify. So I have gotten some information from the current servicer of the loan to say that my loan has been moved to a federal loan servicing agency of some kind, suggesting that I have qualified for the program, Mm -hmm. but we're just waiting on pins and needles to find out how many of the payments that I've made over the course of nearly, or actually it is a decade mm-hmm. um, would qualify for right. loan forgiveness because you have to have paid a certain amount per month, not missed any payments um, for 10 years. So right. 120 payments. And I've done that, but I don't know if they, you have to hit a certain level. Yeah, so we, I don't know if we too don't, lower we or don't, not.
0: yeah, we don't know what that amount, the dollar amount was and how much you've been paying. So, so yeah, we're sitting here. It could be, it's, it's, Two extremes. Either you have been qualifying the whole time. And when this program goes into effect in October, we could be, you know, either there or nearly there Mm -hmm. to complete loan forgiveness, which would be like $60,000 of your student loans forgiven and just wiped from our, you know, from our...
1: which also is not considered income because sometimes programs like that are and then you'd be taxed on that but it's not so it's there's it would just be like gone right right
0: just suddenly our net worth would take a huge boost yeah alternatively it could be that just the amount that you've been paying is too low and and they say great you qualify you're starting at Zero, right. and now all your payments going forward, and in ten years these will be forgiven, which yeah. which would still be earlier, I think, than is the scheduled. Maybe? Yeah, so so
1: I'm, I have so a it it's a thirty great. year loan repayment program, right. so it'd still knock off a decade. So it'd
0: still be great, but I mean, yeah, you know, that'd be great, but it wouldn't be anything we like enjoy right now, not for the foreseeable future. So we're just like ah, or yeah. maybe it's somewhere in between, like for the last five years or three years, so. Mm-hmm we can't we can't wait to find out. I would love to hear from any listeners that are enrolling in this program yeah, or yeah. and just um can can you talk a little bit about like who should like who can qualify for this?
1: Uh, as much as I can remember, so it's it's a public service, so I think any if you're uh if you're involved in like a state agency of some kind, I think um, and they have the specifications online, then I think that that would qualify. So working for example, at a university does qualify. Um, and so anything in public service, state type jobs, you have to have been paying your loans while you're at that job. So basically 10 years of being at that job. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I can't really there are other criteria, but again yeah. you have to hit a minimal amount or higher per mm-hmm. month mm-hmm. to also qualify those payments mm-hmm. and if you make any extra payments which I've done along the way I've like thrown an extra thousand here yeah. and there at the loans um those don't count uh, like it's right. your standard payments yeah. so anyway, but uh, yeah, you can look up the stuff there's also a teacher's like a teacher loan, either repayment or forgiveness program. Mm-hmm. So there are a couple of really good programs that that are out there. So anybody listening who's not yeah. thought about this, definitely yeah. check it who, out.
0: Who has student loans and who might be in any sort of profession that could be considered public service? Yeah, um, yeah. it's definitely just worth looking into. And even if you haven't been qualifying already, um, you can get enrolled and maybe adjust your payments up a little bit and mm-hmm. start qualifying. Yeah, that yeah. would that would be huge. Okay. All right, so let's move on for real this time to our listener question. So we got a great question from a listener, Don. Thank you so much, Don, about how we are going to approach or already are approaching teaching our kids about money and about saving money. Mm -hmm. And I loved this question. And I thought this would be actually just a great discussion to have on the podcast because Our oldest, Dash, is just three, and Cedric is not quite 18 months. And so, you know, it it feels like we're not teaching directly about money. Mm -hmm. You know, I hope that we're kind of teaching indirectly, but so this actually isn't something that we've thoroughly thought through yet, because it just kind of hasn't really come up. But I'd love to talk to you about kind of maybe what you're just have in mind already. I mean... Pretty soon, because Dash is, you know, he is starting to kind of use that vocabulary and Mm -hmm. and stuff, and he'll start to pick up on it really quickly. So, Like
1: Benjamins and making it rain (laughs) and that kind of vocabulary. Yeah, exactly. (laughs)
0: You throw that around way too much. (laughs) So anyway, so let's talk about this, and then I think we can, you know, we'll probably keep thinking about it and give updates as we kind of develop our philosophy and approach.
1: Yeah. Well, the one thing I thought of is that, you know, just like we learned kind of by osmosis from our parents, you know, having their being open about money and talking about money and being good with it. Mm-hmm. I think we're, we're already establishing that. So yeah. we talk about money all the time and I think we'll have obviously no problem talking yeah. about our decisions and everything else right in front of our kids, mm-hmm. which, you know, that sounds weird to even say like, why would you sequester it from your children? Right. Um, but yeah, so we'll... But just
0: a lot of people do. And I mean, I think and growing up, um, I, I don't know. I don't know if I remember my parents necessarily having like direct... Uh, like financial conversations in front of me. I mean, and it very well could have been that they were, but you just, as a kid, you're so absorbed in your own thing. Mm -hmm. I don't remember hearing really exact dollar amounts of things. And Mm -hmm. that is something I would like to use around them, like how much money we make and what the grocery bill is Mm -hmm. and just kind of, you know, getting them used to amounts of things.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. I mean, I, I recall my parents actually having... Financial meetings, yellow pad of paper, pen mm-hmm. out, like writing stuff down, trying to figure things mm-hmm. out. And I could first I could certainly see plenty of people not wanting to do that in front of their kids if there was like real financial right. stress. Like yeah. obviously you don't want to expose your kids to right serious concerns. But um but if you're just like managing and budgeting and trying to figure out what money's gonna go where and that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. I think it's just great to just do that mm-hmm. as a natural form of how your family yeah. operates you right. know it's just built in and everybody's yeah. sharing and involved mm-hmm. but one thing um in terms of like explicit teaching mm-hmm. of our kids one thing i think would be cool and I, I did read about this on mr money mustache a while back but if if and when our kids have allowance mm-hmm. and we haven't even talked about
0: no we haven't if we do
1: that what we want to do yeah um it would be kind of cool to create a spreadsheet that they had access to mm-hmm. where you know each if it was weekly or whatever it would be the money is literally deposited mm-hmm. in the bank of Wharton. I see. And every time they got money out, mm-hmm. like it would be a withdrawal. Right. And every every week that they didn't spend that money, it would sit as a deposit in gotcha. the bank.
0: So it's kind of like a little online bank account, but just we're managing it. But so they're getting used to seeing what those transactions look like and...
1: Yeah, and maybe even affix a percentage like of interest to it. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, my gosh. yeah. So that, but because then they could learn that you know you if could you let pull it all sit. this money out. <laughs> yeah, you, like your money goes away, but mm-hmm. if you let it sit, it actually grows.
0: What kind of interest rate are you? Are we giving the boys? Is the Wharton Bank running lately?
1: Well, Money Mustache I think did ten percent. It's pretty good annual interest rate. Yeah, it's pretty That's good. Pretty good. <laughs> 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 but maybe to keep the math yeah. easy. <laughs>
0: okay, what about this? I've seen. Um, some people talk about like when kids get birthday money or even when they get allowance, like already even from their allowance okay, you know here's your ten dollars that you get from allowance, but we save three dollars of it and here i'm going i'm going to show you putting that into a piggy bank or whatever, or maybe show you just putting it into this kind of little online spreadsheet or bank mm-hmm. account, mm-hmm. and then like here's your here's your spending money, or even i've even um seen different you know you can you can do this any so many different ways and there's no one right way but even like you know little savings pot for for the child and then saving a bit for a car or for college that you know is just just getting them used to the idea of contributing to these big things eventually mm-hmm. yeah. not that they're actually going to be like that they have to pay for all of that maybe mm-hmm. or that they're actually going to save up all of that but just getting them used to there are these big things in the future and we spend a long time saving for them and and, and your, you need to make a contribution to that.
1: Yeah. so I'm not opposed to that. Okay. That'd be good. I think there's any number of things that we could do that would be good mm-hmm. but probably all of it fundamentally involves saving in some way.
0: Yeah. Transparency, I would say, and mm-hmm. and savings and like savings by default. That's something that we're that we're big into like the savings first and then you yeah. and you're spending money after that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm excited. So those are just, I mean, kind of some initial thoughts and actually this kind of opens up a conversation because I know that our listeners will have so many great tips and articles oh, to yeah. send us. So please send them our way. Mm-hmm. I wanted to share a book that I've, um, heard and heard an NPR interview on, or maybe it was a Freakonomics, um, but it's called The Opposite of Spoiled. Mm-hmm. And I think that he, he does really advocate for transparency and kind of getting your kids used to savings and all these things. And I think he has some really great tips in there. It's been a while. I've kind of skimmed the book, um, but I want to go back and read it more thoroughly. It seemed like a great resource, and it just was a little bit too early and had so many other things to read. Um, mm-hmm. But I've, like, bookmarked that to remember to go back and refer to that. Mm, so Cool. All right. Ready to move on? Yes. Okay. Let's move on to one big thing. All right. You go first because you have this crazy long phrase. What are you gonna tell me about?
1: <laughs> uh, it is crazy long, but it this is the this is the terminology that's coming out of a model that I'm developing in the academic world. Okay, so this comes out of my hopefully actual research. Mm-hmm. And that has just been validated. So the the reason I don't like literally. So
0: this phrase is your own? Yes. But, but, okay. okay, cool.
1: So before I tell you what it is, like the, so my background is health behavior change. And for. Can you
0: tell people more what that means? It's like. Yeah. Like so I mean diet like. Diet and physical activity and.
1: Yeah. So health behavior change, whether it's in a lab setting where you actually conduct a program or an educational intervention or whatever it might be to try to help people change their behavior in terms of what they eat on a mm-hmm. day-to-day basis or how physically active they are or any, their sleep any habits behavior or that any, behavior, any behavior, yeah. behavior
0: that relates to health is within the realm of things that you might be interested in.
1: Yeah. And there's a lot of behavior change theories that have been developed over time. And some of them were born out of smoking cessation, primarily mm-hmm. like public health type stuff. Um, But many of them are health behavior change specific theories. Mm -hmm. There are all these other realms of behavior change, like sustainability, do you compost and recycle and whatever, that kind of stuff. So all these different types of behavior change models out there. Um, But they all suck. They're (laughs) all terrible, and none of them have ever worked. In fact, I was reading a paper for a a talk I was giving just yesterday, um, and it was a review by a council of researchers in the U.K. that showed that in in a massive review of behavior change interventions roughly about 60% of them actually work in producing any kind of measurable behavior change. Mm -hmm. And when the behavior change happens, the magnitude of it, like the effect size is, is pretty modest. So what change you get is not a big deal. And then, um, the change that occurs is really short lived. So like the, if you get any change at all, it just, you know, it lasts for a little bit of time and then it's gone. So, um, anyway, behavior change is terrible. Because I think my argument is actually my whole blog is really about this. The argument is that we isolate behavior change. So a lot of our science has been successful because it's been a reductionist in nature. So we tr- get down to like the minimal right. mechanisms of things. But behavior is really complex and it just yeah. doesn't work right. um, to go reductionist in behavior. And I think that actually making multiple behavior changes that could facilitate, mm-hmm. you know, the ongoing change.
0: Or maybe bigger, like bigger behavior change that then ends up affecting many, many different things. Yeah.
1: So, like lifestyle-wide behavior right. change. So behaviors that you don't think are connected could actually mm-hmm. be really well connected, and could actually facilitate improvements in these disparate seeming areas yeah. of your life. Yeah. So I think multiple behavior changes across lots of aspects of your lifestyle is what's important to mm-hmm. to drive real change. Um, and so what I call these things are facilitative synergistic behavioral complexes. <laughs> <laughs> and the idea and if you read my blog this is really what it's about so ditching I can't
0: believe you're using the word synergy <laughs> I know but actually it's actually used appropriately here so I guess yeah. it's okay yeah
1: um but yeah, so the idea being that if you ditch your cable TV and you, you reduce your cars by one mm-hmm. um, and you're also you know biking more as a result, you're reducing sedentary time and increasing physical activity and all these things that are different, like your transportation choices and your entertainment choices mm-hmm. and utilitarian physical activity, they actually all are related to each other mm-hmm. in terms of health outcomes and sustainability and financial well-being and mm-hmm. mood and all these things. Mm-hmm. So multiple motivators for behavior changes, multiple positive outcomes, um, probably drives better sustained behavior change. Mm. Anyway, so this has just been a big grand theory of mine that I haven't tested, but my sabbatical is kind of all about it. Yeah. Um, but then I was popping around on New York Times literally an hour ago, and Gretchen Reynolds, um, who is a reporter I've interacted with at the Rudd Center when I was doing my postdoc, mm. she wrote a, an article on a pu- paper that was published just recently on just this thing. Whoa. And the the researchers said, you know, we probably are selling ourselves short by trying to isolate behavior changes into just the one thing. And we probably should do, be doing lots of things at once because they probably build off each other. Mm. And their thing was just entirely in the realm of health. So mm. it was um, physical activity and it was tracking your sleep and it was diet and it was meditation gotcha. and stress reduction, all those things. So in the realm of health, but people did really well when they multiplied mm. their behavior change. My suggestion is Even we can't just bigger. focus on yeah, can't just focus on health. Let's bring in finances and sustainability and fulfillment and happiness. Mm-hmm. And now you've got huge impetus to make mm-hmm. whether they're small or big changes, you know, yeah. but but doing multiple things at once. Anyway, I got excited because yeah. this random crazy thing I've come up with, facilitative synergistic behavioral complexes, actually has now some scientific merit.
0: <laughs> Does this have an acronym? FISPIC.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I didn't think that far.
0: Uh, (laughs) Yeah, we're going to have to work on that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. That's super cool. That's really, really cool. Yeah, I'm excited about that. Yeah, I I love this new framework that you're working, that you're working. It's very, I think it seems, it's just very easy to understand. I mean, it's Mm -hmm. very, it's so applied, Mm -hmm. um, well, it just seems like it makes sense.
1: And I'll say one more thing about it. The reason that I started thinking along these lines is when I started looking at kind of the stuff that we do, mm-hmm. it's, it's been studied and it's called voluntary simplicity. Mm-hmm. And the whole idea is disengaging from consumerism for whatever reason. And people come at voluntary simplicity, reduction in consumerism from lots of different ways. So they might be worried about the rat race they've found themselves engaged in and they're too stressed. They want to get out of that. Or they're worried about their finances and Mm -hmm. spending too much. So they want to improve that. Or they're worried about their health and the way they eat and they're not active and they want to change that. Or they're worried about the environmental consequences of all the things, you know, all these things lead to the same behaviors. (laughs) So clearly multiple motivators probably all could be Mm -hmm. synergistic and facilitative, right? So that's, that's kind of the whole theory.
0: That's so cool. No. When can we When can we expect your your foundational publication on this?
1: Well, I actually think uh, now that I've seen this article better in the get New York going. Times, I'm going to write an op-ed yes. tomorrow.
0: All right. <laughs> Great. So look for that soon, everyone. We'll yeah. share that when it comes out. <laughs> okay. So my one big thing is kind of related to what I was talking about before. It is a even more simplified wardrobe. I've mm-hmm. talked about wanting to create a capsule wardrobe. I'm mm-hmm. still working on that. But like I said, it like takes me forever to buy things yeah. just to like pull the trigger on spending money. Even when I feel like I've identified things that I think that I, it's, you know, it seems like I need or, you know, I'm being very thoughtful about the purchase. Yeah. Um, okay. On for my work clothes, I like to, um, and I've been thinking about this specifically for my work wardrobe it's, you know, my office is business casual, but I like to feel pulled together and look professional, but I, I don't, I don't care about my clothes. I want to feel comfortable and confident, but I I don't want to think about them. And so what I've been thinking about doing is buying multiples of, um, the same outfit and Mm -hmm. wearing the same outfit maybe twice a week. Yeah. Like, Monday, Wednesday, or I Tuesday, Thursday. Mm-hmm. And I'm just thinking like a white, a nice white blouse and black pants, which I have seen this mentioned before. I'll find it and link to it. There's an w- awesome article a year or two ago about a woman who decided to just create for herself a wardrobe. Um, yeah, just a, a uniform mm-hmm. because she saw that men were doing that at the office and she wanted to also not have to think about her clothes. So she just got tons of the same shirt, the same pants, and she just wore that every day. Yeah. Um so I love that. Cause I don't want to think about my clothes. Mm-hmm. I don't care. Um I care in terms of wanting to look good, but I don't want to make that decision every day. So yeah. anyway, that's something I've been thinking about. I'm not quite ready. I guess to do the very same thing every day, although I'm not opposed to it, honestly. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll get my little starter kit and yeah. then start wearing it more times. But I thought just with the clothes that I already have, if I give myself then a every, two days a week, I wear this same thing, then mm-hmm. I have two other days a week in the office and I can just use the wardrobe that I already have for that. Yeah. And I work at home on Fridays. So that's perfect. Yeah. So as soon as we finish, I will order those those clothes
1: (laughs) (laughs) more amazon boxes coming our way yes exactly but this is i mean from the guy's perspective that's exactly what guys do so you have a a series of khakis or dress Mm -hmm. pants a series of button-up shirts that are like white light blue right and they all just
0: mix and match go together and
1: yeah so so you have and that's that's all i have anymore i think i have eight button-up shirts and i think i have three pairs of work pants Mm -hmm. and i just kind of mix and match them and like if all if you literally had just white blouses or shirts whatever in black pants Mm -hmm. all you do is just accessorize slightly differently like that's what guys do so you you can wear the same shirt and and tie or or, uh yeah uh pair of pants Mm -hmm. every single day and just wear a different tie and you got a different outfit yeah yeah so scarves whatever
0: scarves necklaces or honestly i just don't care yeah
1: i think it's awesome (laughs) (laughs) i'll
0: just keep it with my simple jewelry and i don't care if people are like i think she wore that the other day i don't remember what people wear yeah who cares so yeah awesome thanks All right. I think that wraps up our show. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Um, You can always get in touch with us via email. Hey, matrimony, M-O-N-E-Y at gmail.com. We love to see you on Instagram. You can find me. I'm K-E-L-S Wharton, Kels Wharton. And what else, Chris? Do we need to tell anyone anything else?
1: Uh no, I keep wanting to promote myself on social media, but I'm just not active enough. Yeah, so no,
0: I... you no, move on.
1: Enjoy your chocolate peanut butter cups, everybody, and we're reminding you to love your honey, not your money.
0: I'm not enjoying mine. <laughs> Good. Still bitter about that.
1: Facilitating synergies and reminding you to love your honey, not your money. I don't know.
0: (laughs) Facilitating
1: synergies. (laughs) La 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 la. We should try that exercise where you have to stare at each other for three minutes in silence. Not now right now that would make for a boring boring podcast
0: <laughs> and now we'll be silent as we stare at each other for the next three minutes maybe
1: totally like john cage have you heard of that no it's like 344 something like that it's a piece he wrote where the pianist literally sits at the piano silently and does nothing for three minutes and 44 seconds oh, or maybe whatever you
0: the, did tell me about that and what's the point of it
1: just that unconventional things can be music too hmm. so ambient noise might be part of the experience or
0: what if someone had a really terrible coughing fit <laughs>
1: I don't know. I guess that'd be part of it. <laughs> okay. okay. Ready? Mm-hmm.